0: The Aftershock. Leery of the monsters hiding under the bed? As we grew up, we came to realize these monsters were actually hiding next door. They were the people on the park bench with the kind eyes and grisly intent. Welcome to the Aftershock, where we're going to go deep down the rabbit hole of the most sick and twisted individuals that ever lived. This is not for the faint of heart, and listener discretion is strongly advised. born under the maiden name of of I'm not even going to try to attempt that name November 11th 1859 possibly April 28th 1908 uh, who the hell knows she had one of the coolest nicknames ever given to a serial killer she was nicknamed quote, "Hell's Bell" End quote. and was a Norwegian-American serial killer who was active in Illinois and Indiana between 1884 and 1908. Guinness is thought to have killed at least 14 people, most of whom were men she enticed visits to in her rural Indiana property on the promise of marriage. What the hell? Guys, never want to settle down. Seriously, look at this we le- got a lady... Look this lady up. She's not gorgeous. I mean, she's not Elephant Man Ugly, but she's also not Heidi Klum. While some sources speculate her involvement in as many as 40 murders, Guinness seemingly died in a fire in 1908. Or did she? It's believed that she faked her own death. Did she actually pull this off? It's unknown. Anyway, her backstory. She got married to some guy named Mad Sorensen. Seriously, the guy's name was Mad. Anyway, Mad had a candy store that burned down. Then, their house burned down. What are the odds? But never fear, they had not one, but two insurance policies. Wait a second, two houses burned down and two insurance policies? I mean, what are the odds? Two babies in the home died as well from inflammation of a large intestine, which happens when you technically ingest poison. I mean, two house fires and two babies talk about a string of bad luck. But wait, there's more. Sorensen, the husband, died of a cerebral hemorrhage that same day that the insurance policies paid out. Poor Belle. Thank goodness she moved away from that unlucky town. She moved to La Porte, Indiana. Belle married a gentleman by the name of Peter Guinness, on April 1st, 1902, the following week while Peter was out of the house, his infant daughter died of an unknown cause while she was in Bell's care. I mean, come on, bad luck. Give Belle a break. Then Peter died eight months later due to a skull injury. I'm no genius, but I'm starting to see a pattern here. She's a black widow, baby. Bell began placing marriage ads in Chicago newspapers in 1905. One of her ads was answered by a Wisconsin farmhand, Henry Gerholt. For the love of God, Henry, run! After traveling to Laporte, Porte, wrote his family saying that he liked the farm, he was in good health, and requesting that they send him potato seeds. When they failed to hear from him again after that, the family contacted Bill. She told them Gerholt had gone off with horse traders to Chicago. However, she kept his trunk and fur overcoat. John Moe of Minnesota answered Guinness's ad in 1906. I hope John ran. Nope, he traveled to La Porte and withdrew a large amount of cash. And guess what? Don't worry, he didn't die. He just disappeared. Guess what? Her house was burned to the ground around 1908. Poor Belle and her children died in the fire or did she? The police kept looking and found a big surprise, 11 additional people aside from Belle and the children. Okay, now we're coming to the sick part, so it's not suitable for work or around kids or around people who plan to pull off this kind of crime in the future. Immediate inspection of the site revealed that there were dozens of such, quote, slump depressions in Guinness's yard, and further digging and investigation at the site yielded multiple burlap sacks containing torsos and hands, arms hacked off from the shoulders down, masses of human bone wrapped in loose flesh that dripped like jelly from trash covered depressions that proved to be graves. In each case, the body had been butchered. In the same manner, the body decapitated, the arms removed, the shoulders, and legs severed at the knees. Blunt trauma and gashes characterized the skulls that were found had been separated from the bodies. Raelip fear Bells. Friends with benefits guy also worked for Bell. Talk about your boss screwing you over. In November nineteen o eight, Lamphere was convicted of arson in connection to the fire at Guinness's house. Lamphere later confessed that Guinness had placed advertisements seeking male companionship only to murder and rob men who responded and subsequently visited her on the farm. Guess what? In a weird type of way, Bell got away with it, and her booty call took the blame. If this lady actually lived, she was pulling some real Ocean's Eleven stuff right now. The brother of one victim had warned Bell that he might arrive at the farm shortly to investigate his brother's disappearance. According to Lampfear, this impending visit motivated Belle to destroy her house and fake her own death and flee. When Lampfear was arrested, he was wearing John Moe's overcoat and Henry Gerald's watch. In his defense, Belle must have been running her own lost and found. But what happened to Belle's head? This crime almost seems too well done. The booty call said he cut Bell's head off and set fire with kerosene. Only problem was, torso remaining was five inches shorter than Bell, and about 50 pounds lighter. That's pretty impressive when you convince a man to take the rap for some John Wayne Gacy shit. Zoinks! It was the groundskeeper all along, gang, for the Aftershock. I'm Hudson, catch you next time. I sure paid the Aftershock.